0: Thank you very much everybody for attending uh today's uh wonderful association with uh, His Holiness Krishna Swami Maharaj, uh, who is uh, gracing us for this wonderful uh, remembrance of Srila Gurudev uh, on the 20th anniversary of his uh, disappearance. Uh, I'm going to first uh, uh, say something about Maharaj, and then I'll turn it over to Maharaj to speak after that. And everyone will have uh, lots of opportunity to ask questions after Maharaj has spoken, and uh, uh, we'll bring up any points you'd like to about what Maharaj said. So, Maharaj uh, is a teacher, writer, and traveler, is a uh, very, very senior disciple of his Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shura Prabhupada, founder Acharya of International Society for Krishna Consciousness, or so as Khanism, we know it. He has served as a missionary, temple priest, Pujari, and counselor for bhakti yoga practitioners from the time of his formal initiation in 1972. From 1972 to 1976, he was based in Germany, the Netherlands, and Denmark. Then he began to participate in Vaishnava missionary activities in Central Europe. Almost every year, from 1978 to 1995, he visited India on pilgrimage. In 1987, Iskcon's GBC body appointed him as an initiating guru. In 1995, as coordinator of a research group, he compiled and published Pancharatra Pratipa, in two volumes, a manual for Chaitanya Vaisnava temple worship. He also served ISKCON's GVC as the minister for deity worship from then until 2005. In 2004, after eight years of university study, which was resuming his interrupted studies from 1972, he received a PhD degree from the University of Oxford, St. Cross College, for his dissertation on Chaitanya Vaishnava Image Worship, now available from Rutledge Publishers as Attending Krishna's Image, Chaitanya Vaishnava Murti, uh, Chaitanya Vaishnava Murti Seva as Devotional Truth, the, the date is 2006, as a book in the Rutledge Hindu Studies series. Krishna Maharaj is now a research fellow of the Oxford Center for Hindu Studies. He also teaches at the College, Radhadesh, since 2002. He recently taught survey courses in Indian religions and Asian religions in the religion department at the University of Florida, Gainesville. Beginning in September 2007, he began teaching at Chinese University of Hong Kong, courses in Indian religion and culture. After a full year of teaching, he then continued to teach one semester per year for the next four years. Since then, he has been giving lectures at several universities in the People's Republic of China. As during several previous years, and now continuing after his taking formal sannyasa bhaas and, and Jaimastami of 2014, Krishnachetra Maharaj travels extensively for teaching, counseling, and to support spiritual communities in the Vaishnava devotional tradition. Welcome, Maharaj. We look forward to seeing you in Dallas also soon. And now that I know that you're traveling again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so nice. uh, thank you. Thank you for that kind introduction, Prabhu. Uh, The last, that that last point about travel, of course, uh, is not quite accurate for the last almost two years. Uh, I've been in basically one place. But yes, uh, Krishna willing, maybe I can travel again some. Um, Okay, so... I'm not sure. Uh, well, first, maybe I should ask for about how long should I speak, and then open for discussion.
0: Generally, the idea is Mara, that you speak for uh, until for an hour, and then open up for discussion.
1: Oh, uh, that's okay. Well, much well as,
0: hour, you like, but as much as now,
1: we'll see if I can if I go that long. <laughs> um, and uh is there something in something in particular you'd like me to start off with to sort of prompt me uh into motion if you like. Should I speak about how I first met Goswami Maharaj or
0: That'd be very nice, Matt. That'd be okay. great.
1: <laughs> All right. Omagyana Janan Janashalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shigurave Namaha Shijetanyamanovishtham Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadamahyam Tadati Svapadantikam Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtahi Bhutale Shimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamin Iti Namaste, satisfate de Gauravani go ravani pracharine, nirvishesha shunyavadi paschatya deshatarine, vancha kalpa terubyascha, evacha, Patitanam anam, pavanebio, namo namaha, chai shikrishna chaitanya, prabonitiananda, shi advaita giradhar, shivasadi, Gauravaktivinda ravaktavinda, krishna. Hare Kishan 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. First, I want to acknowledge uh, those of you whom I know as being online. Uh, I'm happy to see you here, Kalachanji Prabhu. And uh, uh, we see Mother Jayabhadra and uh, and, uh, yes, all the devotees... Many here whom I don't know, but uh, thank you for this opportunity to speak, to remember uh, Goswami Maharaj, His Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami, who um, I had the good fortune of having, I would say, a lot of uh, very good association, close association with, Uh, in a certain period of time, Um, mainly toward the end of uh, his being present with us. Uh, Truth be told, I can't really say when I first met Maharaj, um, I, I would have seen him most probably in Mayapur the first time I went, or in Vrindavan, but I think Mayapur, when I first went to India, which was 1978, uh, <clears throat> and my memories of Maharaj in the in the next few years, whenever I would see him, uh, was just seeing him from a distance, um, basically seeing him in action, and uh, frankly feeling a certain. Um, a kind of fear. <laughs> he seemed like such an imposing person, uh, um, so sort of strong in his ways, uh, which i I didn't know how one might relate with. so I, I, I don't I wouldn't I don't want to say that I avoided him. Um, but we our paths didn't really cross in a direct way until, as best I remember, 1988 in Vrindavan. Uh, at that time, the uh, Vrindavan Institute of Higher Education was, was going, and I believe it had already been uh, running since some years. Uh, I don't know how many, but it, it was running uh, quite well. Burijan Prabhu, uh, Danadar Swami, uh, and um, Tamal Krishna Goswami were principal teachers in the Vrindavan Institute of Higher Education. And I remember the kind of, uh, I don't want to say formula, but the, the basic idea that uh, the organizers of Rindavan Institute of Higher Education, the VIHE, hit upon was we simply get prominent uh, personages, prominent devotees here to teach, and they will act like magnets, and they will bring devotees who will want to hear from them. And that's what they did, and that's... um, It worked, Uh, and Tamal Krishna Goswami was one such magnetic teacher. As I remember that year, he taught a course on the Brahma Samhita. Now again, truth be told, I did not attend his class. Uh, I was attending another course uh, with Tanaraj Swami uh, on Srimad Bhagavatam. But nevertheless, uh, we had uh, a good amount of interaction. uh, And in particular, a memorable feature uh, was that Goswami Maharaj got the inspiration, and I don't know from whom, but he got the inspiration to follow uh, Ekadashi in the full. Uh, vrata, as it's described in the Hari Bhakti Vilasa, um, fasting entirely on Ekadashi, staying up uh, all night uh, the next that night, and then uh, taking one meal the next day—I think was also part of the vrata—and. Goswami Maharaj, whatever he did, he liked to involve the world. (laughs) Uh, He liked to involve others around him. And so I was invited. He he didn't want to do this vrata alone. That was, you know, that was kind of out of the question. Uh, If he's going to do this, he's going to do this with others. He's going to have others suffer with him. (laughs) And so mm, I was invited to join the Vrata along with a few others. And that meant also joining with him that night uh, in his house there in Vrindavan uh, for the all-night vigil. And the all-night vigil was, um, it was, uh, as we all know Goswami Maharaj, he was an organizer, he was a manager. <laughs> and so uh, the all-night vigil was uh, highly structured, <laughs> uh, that uh, there would be periods of, of chanting, of singing, and there would be periods of discussion. And during the periods of discussion, first there would be a list uh, put uh, assembled of topics. What are we going to discuss? And he made a list. He would invite devotees to suggest a topic, and then uh, that would go on the list. (laughs) And uh, the topics were, I don't remember specific topics, uh, but but they tended to be um, somewhat involving some controversy, something that was, you know, engaging for the for the mind, something challenging, and uh, and they were topics which especially Goswami Maharaj was interested in, and he would um, he would often express strong. Thoughts on whatever the topic was. So, because uh, the topics were interesting, and because Goswami Maharaj was kind of presiding um, and keeping everything going, so we we all kept awake very well. <laughs> I remember that. So uh, this happened mm, in my memory. We did it twice, but maybe. Maybe, I don't think we did it more than twice. Now, fast forward to um, 2000, the year 2000, perhaps. One of the times when I uh, visited Goswami Maharaj in Cambridge at the famous Willow House that he rented that was rented for him. Uh, I, would, I would visit him. There was a period when uh, I would visit him sort of once a month uh, over the weekend. I would take a bus from uh, Oxford over to Cambridge. So one of these days uh, that I was visiting him f- it fell on an ekadashi, and so before the Akadashi, he would raise the, the issue that, okay, tomorrow is Akadashi, what are we going to do? <laughs> and I, re, I remember him saying, and we are not going to fast. <laughs> There's no question of fasting. <laughs> don't even suggest. Don't even think about fasting. We are not fasting, okay? <laughs> uh, so anyway, his experiments with uh, the strict rata. Uh, all I remember is from at that time in 1988 uh, with uh, at the V.I.H.E. It was also at that time, 1988, we were, mm, I remember practically the exact spot where we were standing. We were um, on the second floor of the Gurukul building on uh, one of the balcony corridors, talking about something. Maybe we were talking about the next uh, Ekadashi plan, but at one point he kind of he kind of looked at me and he said, How come you're not a sannyasi? Now this was nineteen eighty eight, which is um, ninety um, yeah, it's twenty six years before I actually took sannyasi <laughs> So 1988, he looked at me and with this sort of heavy TKG question, <laughs> how come you're not a sannyasi? And I didn't know how to answer him. And so I just kind of stood there, uh, not saying anything. So there were a few moments of silence and then he I would say he diffused uh, the issue. He said, anyway, it's okay. Uh, he said, Narada Muni and the four Kumaras, they were not sannyasis. So it's, it's, he was th- kind of thinking aloud that, actually, in our tradition, uh, it's not that someone who is renounced has to take formal sannyasis. So he said like that, uh, you know, anyway, Narada, the four kumaras, they didn't take, so it's okay. <laughs> so he kind of, he kind of let, let me off the hook <laughs> at that time, and that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was relieved at the time because I certainly didn't feel ready uh, to take sannyas at that time. It would have been also um, there in Vrindavan that he would. It must have been that he invited me to come to China. And um, I soon after that I went to China. Um, I I got one of the one of those round the world tickets and uh, decided, yeah, make a stop in Hong Kong. So I did that, I spent a week in Hong Kong, and then I went to, uh, the devotees sent me to Guangzhou, uh, near Hong Kong, and I was there for about a week uh, with, um, with Narsinga Maharaj, Bhakti Vignavinash Maharaj. Uh, very nice time. And then, uh, after about a week, Goswami Maharaj came together with Giridhariswami Swami Maharaj, and the three of us then flew to Xi'an, which is kind of central, western, north China, um, to to meet some. Bhaktas who were showing some interest. This was 1989. Um, you know by this time uh, the the China mission was was happening to some extent uh, but compared to years later it was still in very much in beginning stages. Uh, we, we came to Xi, we flew to Xian, and uh, we came to this university and we met these students. And to give you an idea of the situation in China at that time, um, on our way to meet, or maybe we had met the students and the students took us uh, to their residence, their dormitory. And on the way, they I, I remember uh they took us through some some sort of electronics laboratory, maybe where they were having some classes. And I just remember seeing this ancient equipment uh, with vacuum tubes. Now, many, many devotees of present generation won't even know what that is. Uh, what's a vacuum tube? <laughs> You won't see that in any electronic gadgets today. Um, but this was full of these big boxes of stuff with big uh, oh. vacuum tubes. It was like from uh, from a previous... It felt like we were in a time warp of a previous century. Anyway, um, so we stayed in uh, Xi'an. There wasn't a whole lot to do. We uh, were checked into one very nice hotel. And then uh, Goswami Maharaj said, well, let's, uh, you know, let's tour the city. Let's see the sights. And uh, devotees arranged for a car and uh, one of the local uh, devotees or aspiring devotees became a tour guide. And We went to we went to one Buddhist temple and maybe we went to another Buddhist temple and I don't think we went anywhere else. And Goswami Maharaj said, "This is boring. Let's go back." (laughs) And that was it. That was the end of our uh, tourism our experience of tourism, of Xi'an. We didn't go, you know, Xi'an became famous because outside of Xi'an uh, is this famous place where they have these uh, ceramic uh, kind of full side soldiers. They're buried, um, you know, hundreds of these soldiers. We didn't go there, uh, <laughs> sort of like, Who cares? Why bother? Um, So, okay, back to the hotel. What to do? Chant. And, you know, the challenges of cooking and eating uh, were pretty phenomenal at that time. But then what happened was uh, we were due to fly back, not back to Guangzhou, but to fly from there to Wuhan, Wuhan has now become famous because of the origin of the COVID virus. Um, we were scheduled to fly to Wuhan, uh, but when we got to the airport, we had checked out of the uh, the hotel and we were we had our, all our luggage and we were in the airport, and then came the uh, announcement that. Um, no planes are leaving because of the fog. And the fog was obvious. We were just kind of hoping against hope. Um, But no, and they were saying, when the fog lifts, then planes will go. So uh, we were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And um, we had to wait inside the airport because it was too cold to wait outside. This was in... Yeah, must have been January um, or December. And um, it was too cold outside, but inside, um, I've never seen anywhere in the world where more people were smoking cigarettes more uh, than in China, uh, especially in that airport. So you can imagine with Goswami Maharaj. And any of you who ever traveled with Tamal Krishna Goswami, (laughs) you know how challenging it could be if things didn't go just quite right uh, with travel, right? (laughs) Uh, It it could be uh, really challenging. But he was surprisingly peaceful, I must say. I mean, he was... He was not happy. Uh, none of us were happy, but at least he was he was in this mood of, okay, we just have to tolerate this. There's nothing we can do. But finally, after some hours, we kept waiting and uh, Goswami Maharaj would send the devotee, go to the counter and find out what's happening. Um, after some hours... We heard an airplane land, and Mara said, "Hey, what is this? An airplane's landing? It's still foggy. What's going on?" So then we got the news that well, this is a this is a larger plane, and the larger planes can come and go, but there's no such large plane going to Wuhan. All right, so then where where are they going? Well, there's a plane that's going to Guangzhou. Okay, we're taking that plane. <laughs> so that was the style. <laughs> so we didn't go to Wuhan. We went back to Guangzhou, and uh, that was that was my little, the only adventure I had with Goswami Maharaj in China. Um, There was something else. Oh, where was that? Yeah, that would have been in, was it in Xi'an? It's interesting how memories sort of go blurry and get folded in with other thoughts. But I do remember, no, maybe it was Guangzhou. Uh, We went for a walk. And uh, we walked by one restaurant uh, where it was tables outside, and the people were people were sitting at the tables. And in a typical Chinese way, uh, they had this um, in German, it would be called Eintopf. It was uh, just one iron pot in the center of the table. Uh, with some soup or some stew, uh, with a little fire underneath, I guess. And everyone would take from that pot. And I just remember Goswami Maharaj looking at that and thinking, that's really interesting. We should, you know, learn from this. We should, um, you know, maybe we should institute this. Maybe we should have a a restaurant here in China that has a similar... Program. He was he was really interested in that uh, that particular uh, restaurant business possibility. He was he liked that. Um, okay, so that's that's what I remember from China. Now, in nineteen going uh, forward to 1994, or maybe early 95. Um, hmm. How was it? I don't know. But I was in Gainesville, Florida, uh, in the U.S., and, and Tamal Krishnamaraj was also there. And I believe he was there for a North American GBC meeting. And uh, I had been, over the last year, I would say, um, getting quite a lot of association from, with His Holiness, Sridainanda Das Goswami. And Sri Sridainanda Maharaj had been encouraging me uh, to take up university study, to go back to university. He was, you know, really enthusiastic. He himself was studying uh, at Harvard University, and uh, we, I had mentioned that I had uh, dropped out of university, <laughs> at University of California in Berkeley, and maybe it was just a few days or weeks before this, I had met Frida Inandamrash at Gita Nagari. There was a sangha, there was a kind of seminar event going on there. And we we had been chatting about this. And then, uh, again, the subject came out, Well, why don't you, you know, go? And I said, uh, well, you know, I don't know what's the process even of, of getting readmitted to the university 20 how many years later. And he said, why don't you just go and find out? Well, we're in Gita Nagari. That's Berkeley. That's the other side of the country. Take a flight there. And then he said, hold on. Maybe we can arrange for you to go. And he called up Brahmatirtha. Brahmatirtha. <laughs> Brahmatirtha is famous for, um, for, having, for collecting um, free flights. Uh, he, he has a particular way of, of doing it because they have a way, way in America of overbooking a flight intentionally to make sure the plane is full. Economically, it works out for them that if uh, there are extra people they will say they'll announce um we're overbooked is there anyone who will volunteer to stay back we will give you a voucher for whatever 200 dollars, or we'll give you a free ticket whatever and so uh i don't know if i should be telling this but uh, <laughs> Ramatirthamaraj made this a kind of regular practice that he would plan for this. He would, you know, as soon as they would announce, he'd say, oh, I'll, I'll you know, I'll do that. And so he would kind of collect these extra tickets. <laughs> anyway, Ritainandamaraj called up Ramatirthamaraj. I'm getting a little off the subject, but it's leading to to Krishna. Uh, he 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 called him up and said, uh, hey, do you have any flights, you know, from the East Coast to San Francisco? And Pramitirtha said, actually, yes, I do. I have something from Newark, New Jersey, which is not so far from... Yeah, so before I knew it, I was on a plane to... Mm, to California. Anyway, long story short, then I'm... Now I'm back, and, and I've got the information, and it turned out it's really not so complicated to get back in university. Uh, so now I'm meeting Tamal Raj in F- Gainesville, in Florida, and I'm just telling him about all of this. And then um, I said, You know, why is all of this coming up? Well, there's Sri Maharaj, but I said, The other reason is that I've been spending some time in Mayapur. And in Mayapur, the, the leaders uh, have been suggesting to me that I get involved in, in the process of creating a university in Mayapur. Uh, and I raised the objection. I said, I, I'm not myself academically qualified. So how could I, you know, what could I do for that purpose? And the answer that I was given was, well, uh, we don't really need to have academic qualifications. Uh, Our professors that we'll get for our universities, we will get retired um, Indian university professors, So I'm I'm reporting this. I'm just telling this to Tamal Krishna Raj, and when I told him this, he slammed his hand on the table, and said, "That's what's wrong with Mayapur." (laughs) He said they're they're thinking they're thinking like hippies, and then practically in the same breath, he said you should go back to school, you should go back to university. And he said it like a command. It was like, you just have to do this. Now, in retrospect, I understood something else, what was happening. In retrospect, I came to realize that Goswami Maharaj himself was thinking seriously of going back to university and Again, like with uh, his, you know, doing the the he's not going to do it alone. <laughs> and so he wanted me to also do it, and then I would be at least one more person that he could compare notes with. Uh, and that's what happened. So he, for me, really tripped, uh, tipped the scale. When he said, you should go, I felt, okay. This is, this is Krishna, I should just do it. At least I should try, at least see how it goes. So that's what I did. And then, uh, soon after that, Goswami Maharaj uh, began his um, taking up his academic uh, revisit at uh, Southern Methodist University and soon after he was enrolled uh he would call me up and this became a very regular thing uh i was i was in the university he was also it was actually some months later it was when i moved uh to do a, a masters degree in berkeley um then he would call me up and Basically, he would say so what what's going on with you what's happening and what are you thinking what's your experience um, you know what what are the intellectual challenges you're having what are the theological you know he just was he would drill you know what's going on with you um, and we would have we would have discussions on this point here we are um followers of Shila um, you know practicing Krishna bhakti and here we are in the un- in the university uh, the 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 place where it's all about cultivating skepticism to varying degrees and where uh, theology is practically taboo um, yes there's study of religion but... It's a study uh, of a very different sort with a very different approach from within for practitioners. So uh, a lot of our discussions were on this point of uh, sort of wrestling with the issue of faith faith and reason, faith versus reason, uh, reason and belief, of course, Goswami Maharaj wrote these uh, very wonderful essays and compiled them into a book. And before I forget, I dare to ask. Um, <laughs> I was asking around last few days and uh, got no positive answer. If it's possible from anyone to get a digital copy of that book, I would be grateful. Um, I have a physical copy in my, um, with my books in Slovenia, but I'm traveling and it would be so nice if I had a digital copy. Um, Okay, that was just while I'm thinking of it. Um, So this was a topic, you know, that for us was kind of ongoing. And another topic was, uh, well, two more. One was, he put it this way, how do we catch up? How do we catch up academically? What he was saying was that there's um, a whole tradition of uh, academic study of religion. We were both in these departments, study of religion. Um, there's uh, It's been going on for decades. There's been... Um, volumes and volumes of books and stacks and stacks of um, learned articles in all different areas of the academic study of religion. And here we are, we're coming in cold. Uh, We don't know anything. Uh, What do we know, though? We do know our own tradition as we have been taught by uh, our acharya by Srila Prabhupada. But beyond that, and to to think in to think in academic ways, in, you know, critical thinking, uh, historical thinking, all these different uh, methodologies and so on, we were we were completely green. So he would he would say, how do we catch up? And I never had an answer. I said, "Well, we just do what we can, you know." <laughs> um, and the other question that Goswami Maharaj always raised was, "What are we going to do after we finish? What are we going to do with our, you know, degrees and whatever?" Um, and this was, as we all know, Goswami Maharaj was always very for lack of a better word, intense in his uh, ways. And so he was intensely thinking, what is he going to do uh, after? And he had ideas, especially he uh, gravitated toward the idea of a university in Mayapur, developing that. But from early on, he felt, no, Mayapur, no, Calcutta, yes. (laughs) Yes. or near Calcutta. Why? Because it's it's a city environment. Um, scholars are going to want to be where there is um, facility, library facility, especially, and so on. Anyway, so these kind of discussions we had, and as I said, I would uh, visit him sometimes in, uh, in Cambridge. Um, and as you all know, at one point he came to Oxford, he moved to Oxford. He had been, uh, he had, so to, so to say, done his service in Cambridge. He had uh, no need to be there physically all the time when he needed to meet his supervisor, uh, Julius Lipner. He could travel uh, to Cambridge to meet him, but he was feeling uh, a great lack of devotee association in Cambridge, and so he des- he resolved to move to Oxford. Um, and moving to Oxford uh, was to all of our benefit. And um, so it was. It became very easy uh, to meet to meet him. Uh, he took uh, some austerity, I think, uh, because uh, he was. He had this really very nice place to stay in Cambridge, this um, architect's house, the Willow House. Uh, so he gave that up. Uh, to stay in a small, much smaller place in Oxford. But he had association in, he had a devotee association in Oxford because several of us were there uh, with the Oxford Center for Hindu Studies. And um, so he was very happy about that. Um, let's see, there was something else I was going to speak about, but it slips my mind just now. Um, perhaps I can pause at this point and see if there's anything uh, anyone wants to add from in relation to something I've said, or maybe you want to ask something, but...
2: Maharaj, this is you to please accept my obeisances Thank you so much. I just wanted to say that I totally related to the flight and uh, airline stories uh-huh. because for years I was fortunate to, well, I don't know fortunate, but <laughs> to in the old days you had to book the flights and I must, I don't know how many years I did that for, but you had to do it by phone.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: and it took so long. And then, you know, I remember booking an around-the-world flight with, you know, so many stops. And then something happened and the whole reservation disappeared. (laughs) So stories (laughs) like that, I remember traveling with him and his considerations were which way the sun you know, would it be shining in the windows, right. whether you'd be on the um, <laughs> if it was flying north or south on the east, yeah, yeah. so the sun wasn't shining in the windows. So if it was a morning flight <laughs> sitting on the west side of the plane and on the right
1: yeah, afternoon yeah. flight, <laughs> east side,
2: and um yeah, on and on and on. There's one okay, this- wonderful in hindsight. I'm very glad that part of the service is behind me, but If I could only do that again, I would be uh, the happiest person on the planet.
1: Yeah. Um, To the general point of traveling with Goswami Maharaj, one time, uh, which year would have this been, in Mayapur, uh, he invited me to go with him and a couple of other devotees in a car uh, to Singapali. So we're on the road. This would have been in, uh, I guess, late January, early February. It was around the time of Saraswati Puja. And if you've ever been in Mayapur around that time, you'll know that um, they celebrate Saraswati Puja. They take it quite seriously. And one way that they have their celebrations happen is that they collect funds by stopping cars on the street and sort of demanding you to give donations. And so we're, on, we're in the car, and we're on our way to uh, Singapore and we get stopped. And they want, I think they wanted five rupees. You know, five rupees, come on, what's the problem? But Goswami Maharaj, you know, What is this? Who is this? What do they want? (laughs) Well, they want five rupees for Saraswati Puja. No, 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 don't get, we have to, you know. (laughs) And it became a whole scene, you know. And I I couldn't remember if we ended up actually giving the money or not. And so the story continues now. Uh, jumping ahead to the the very last, um, sadly, the very last occasion of Goswami Maharaj's visit to Bhaktivedanta Manor, I speak. Of, I wrote about this in my article, which went into the Journal of Vaishnava Studies, dedicated to his memory. That um, it was Vasant Panchami. Uh, with the many acharyas, disappearance days, appearance days, uh, and uh, Saraswati puja was... So my assignment, again, to Krishna assigned who is going to speak on what. So I was assigned to speak on Saraswati. Uh, and so I told this story to all the devotees that, you know, I'd been with, Maraj in the car and we had been stopped and they wanted five rupees. And then in front of all the devotees I asked Maraj, so did we pay that five rupees? And Maharaj said very gravely, he said, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another thing um, regarding, well, maybe a couple of things, but also kind of a humorous story. Um, From uh, uh, Southern Methodist University, of course, um, Maraj immediately was sort of um, leapfrogged from there directly into a doctoral program at Cambridge, which was very unusual, but because his, his uh, studies as an undergraduate at um, the University of uh, Southern Methodist University were so outstanding, his main professor said he was the best student he'd ever had in 38 years or something, um, he was able to, to do that uh, but at Southern Methodist University, he one of the um, courses he took. He was he was studying Sanskrit, beginning Sanskrit grammar and so on, and he took it as everything else he took very seriously. But then he came to Cambridge, and um, because he needed to concentrate on writing his dissertation, researching for it and writing. Um, there wasn't going to be any possibility, I guess, for him to continue the Sanskrit. And he was very worried about this. He he's said, he called me up one day in Oxford. He said, what am I gonna do about this? And it was like, now I have to solve his problem. You know? <laughs> his, what am I gonna do about this? Give me the solution, you know? <laughs> And uh, the problem was, he, he said, you know, I'm going to forget my Sanskrit. It's going to it's going to go. And then I gave a few suggestions. I said, well, Maharaj, just, you know, take a verse every day from Bhagavad Gita and uh, analyze the grammar. You know, just, or t- how about, I said, take Brahma Samhita. You were going to be working on Brahma Samhita. He was writing that book, and so on. Mm. And whatever I suggested to him, he would just kind of, he would. I could see him through the phone shaking his head and saying, no, 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 that's not going to work. No, 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 that's not going to work. No, 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 that's not going to work. So I kind of ran out of ideas. <laughs> and then he said, the only way this is going to work is if we make a deal that we both uh, do Sanskrit study every day for a certain amount every day, and we have to go by the honor system that if we miss one day, we have to pay the other a certain amount of money. <laughs> and uh, so then we worked out the details you know it started I said okay so you know if I miss a day so I pay you one pound he said no 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 come on one pound that's not that's not enough (laughs) it's got to be five pounds (laughs) okay five pounds And it's not for every, it's not for seven days of the week, all right? It's for five days of the week, and it can be any five of the seven days. So that was a condition. And it's going to be for minimum 45 minutes a day, but no more. So 45 minutes a day that we work on Sanskrit. Now, for me, this was easy because I was anyway... uh, working on translating part of the Hari Bhakti Vilasa. This was part of my, at the time, this was part of my doctoral uh, research. So, you know, I was anyway doing it, so okay. And then he said, he finally said, and you can be sure, you can be 100% sure that I will never have to pay you Five pounds. <laughs> so, in other words, he he was uh, he was making this deal in such a way for himself to keep himself, you know, doing the, the Sanskrit. But it was in a in a in such a way, money has got to be involved. <laughs> we kept it up for um, at least a year, and then I went to India to do. More research for my project, and uh, and then I think we kind of dropped it. But for that time, it was that was the deal. So I had a deal with Goswami Maharaj. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that when I would visit Tamal Krishna Maharaj in Cambridge. He was working on his thesis. He was writing. And um, he would finish a draft of a chapter and he would print it out and he would give it to me to read and ask for my comments. And I never really had much to say other than it's great, keep going. Um, Because his writing was so so brilliant he he would uh kind of muse he he asked me so what is your method of writing um that you know you want he he needed to know everything about what you do and how you think and and so how do you write and i'd say well maybe i write a paragraph and and uh, then i go through it you know i do a rough draft and then i go through and uh, gradually you know polish it up he said what he said that's crazy (laughs) he said i can't write i cannot um finish one sentence and go on to the next sentence until i have the first sentence perfect and i would say i don't know how you do that (laughs) because you know i i just how do you get it perfect the first time? But he said, no, you have to do it like that. Uh, But anyway, the point is, I would read uh, his, uh, his dissertation. In my memory, it was the first three chapters that he showed me. And then after that, he didn't offer to show me any further writing. And I kind of noticed uh, that he was becoming more quiet about his thesis. And the last conversation I had with him about the thesis uh, was in Oxford. He was getting ready to write the final chapter. And as we all know, uh, he... He suddenly left uh, before he could write that chapter. But he was, he was asking me, um, how, you know, how to do this. He was very concerned because this final chapter was going to be about prayojana, how Śrīla Prabhupāda presents uh, prayojana in our tradition. Probably most, if not all of you on this call, have read his book, uh, "A Living Theology of Krishna Bhakti," uh, which, uh, of course, as you know, Garuda Prabhu finally uh, edited and then added added uh, a final chapter. But uh, I, I personally cherished the time when he was uh, sort of mm, on the beginning stages of the, vo- the voyage uh, of this book. And uh, what was so striking to me was how he was making this balancing act. Um, he was enacting what mm, he, we were both struggling with, but he was enacting this balancing act of being a follower a faithful follower of Srila Prabhupada and at the same time presenting Prabhupada uh, to an academic public uh, as if from a, as if from a distance taking some distance and how he was able to do that was uh, really quite incredible just this morning I was reading some of uh, his chapter on um uh, sambandha in which he's explaining how Prabhupada comes to uh the expression the Sup- krishna the supreme personal krishna is the supreme personality of god um, and it's just so eloquent and so rich and so um yeah so thorough uh, so i can understand how From that perspective, uh, I feel his departure is, I mean, just taking that into account, what to speak of all the other ways, uh, his departure, he must have been in really high demand uh, in the spiritual world, that's all I can say. Otherwise, uh, there would have been plenty for him to continue doing uh, here in Prophet's Mission. So, anyone have a further comment or question? um, Maraj interacted with some young scholars in Oxford, like Ravi Gupta, and there seemed to be a nice um, relationship he had with some of those. Devotee scholars. Yes. Can you, comment, can you comment on that? Okay. Well, just just that uh, that uh, Goswami Maharaj was. Um, I think he 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 recognized from uh, from the beginning of his sort of venturing into the academic world, and I think we both had this understanding because we were especially because we were late starters, essentially, Um, we may not be able to do so much uh, as ourselves in the academic world, Um, but what we can do is mm, give some sort of encouragement, some sort of guidance to younger devotees. And um, so, as you said, Radhika Raman was there, you know, Radhika Raman and I started out in Oxford um, exactly the same time, doing exactly the same course together with a difference that he was 17 years old and I was, um, what, 48 by that time, maybe? (laughs) 47. Um, So, yes, the younger devotees. And he... I could see that, that he he was very attuned to that need uh, to, to give guidance for devotees who would have the um, aptitude and the inclination to pursue some sort of academic uh, work um, related to our tradition that it would be very important for him to help help them Yes and you and you were there memorably <laughs> prabhu <laughs> in uh, both as, as maharaj's servant you were there in uh, the willow house and then also in oxford i suppose you've told all your stories already from those times no, not so much. But um, I really appreciated the, the love that the young devotees had for Mars and you also. And there was kind of a family feeling at Oxford, which I didn't fully experience. But I know that you would sometimes go to lectures together and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those were those were really wonderful days. It was. A, Unfortunately, just too short. Um, Yeah, Sarvabhoma Prabhu was there. And I also... (laughs) Another thing I I remember now, one of the last things that um, Goswami Maharaj told me um, before he left for India for his fateful trip is uh, he was really looking forward to finishing his dissertation, finishing his study, and then going to India. And um, he wanted to go to Govardhan, and he wanted to just sit in Govardhan. He said, "I want to just, I just want to sit there. I, I just want to be there for six months." Um, and he said to me, "He said, I want you to come also." that was really touching. <laughs> I want you to be there also.
3: Yes, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare
1: Krishna. Thank you, Thank
3: you very much. I've been hearing everything. Hare Just Krishna. running around, doing doing things here, but listening intently and really enjoyed <laughs> the, your, your realizations and your uh, memories with Goswami Maharaj. Mm. Thank you for feeding us, so to speak. <laughs> um, I remember uh, hearing uh, that you wrote a beautiful uh, article in the Journal of Vaishnava Studies about his departure, mm-hmm. and I was wondering if you want to uh, reiterate a few points that you brought up, mm. and also I would love to have that uh, digitally. I was trying to look for that uh, act, that edition. Um, Hmm. online but i can't find it and i would love to have it if you have it digitally or scanned or something i would love to have that or i think many of us would love to have it
1: yeah um if i'm given a an address to send it to i can send it um yeah
3: maybe to nityananda Prabhu's address nityananda yeah. is that a good idea
0: i could uh yeah okay I, I
3: And then you can maybe uh, uh, post it somehow uh, on the TKG Sangha or in in our news groups or everything. Mm -hmm. Then uh, people can uh, benefit from it.
1: Yes. Um, It's been a while since I wrote it and a while since I've reread it. But one point that I made um, toward the end of that was... um, a kind of broad reflection of a somewhat anthropological sort. I said that uh, as I experienced Goswami Maharaj, he was a... I I sort of suggested categories of of a community. There are uh, the juniors, there are the seniors and then there are the elders, and then there are the ancestors. And I said that uh, Goswami Maharaj was a senior who was becoming an elder. And uh, my article focused on his comments in his talk at Bhaktivedanta Manor in that uh, very last Occasion on Vasant Panchami because the occasion was also the occasion of his uh, taking sannyas in Jaipur. Um, what was it at that time? 30 years? I don't remember now. Yeah, 30-year anniversary of his taking sannyas. Uh, so he was being very reflective uh, and openly... You know kind of reflecting on his life, and I share about that. but I, I say at the end that to me he was a senior becoming an elder, uh, and that unfortunately Krishna took him and so we didn't have the opportunity to have him as an elder in our society. Um, but he he immediately became an ancestor. Um yeah, there were there was a kind of interesting range of ideas that he expressed in that talk and and very um cogent I mean very weighty points he was making, I remember uh about because it was the disappearance day of bhakti's of um Shila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur and Shila Raghunath Das Goswami, as I remember. So he, he was kind of bringing, he was the last to speak. We'd all spoken something and then he spoke and he was kind of bringing it all together and saying um, how, how fortunate we are uh, to be in this tradition. And he wanted to bring out that we need to, um, we need to take advantage of the the whole tradition, um, and I don't know how much uh, devotees caught what he was saying because some of what he was saying was a little bit radical for uh, for Iskon at least at the time. Yes, we have Prabhupada, and yes, we see the tradition through Prabhupada, but we also see that. Prabhupada, through the tradition, something like
0: that. going back to the dissertation again. um, I had this uh, realization that uh, particularly as uh, the dawn of Sri Prabhupada's appearance on this planet was happening, that he was becoming more accommodating of other people's point of view, about what Srila Prabhupada really represented to all of us. And uh, so when you say that in that final chapter on Prayajana, I can see the challenge he would face that he had himself very strong views about Srila Prabhupada's, uh, you know, legacy. But at the same time, he was very becoming very mindful where well, he was, but he certainly started expressing a lot more mindfulness about other people's point of view, you know how others saw Prabhupada in a different way from how he might have seen. I'm thinking, because he was so close to you, would you like to reveal some of the things he might have told you about what his view was on Priyajina? Uh, because that would be very interesting to know how he personally felt about that. And we all have some ideas, but, you know, you were really close to him. and So it would be very interesting to hear from you what was his uh, outlook.
1: Well, as I was saying, he, he kind of... In that stage, he was um, I don't think I don't want to say he was t- withdrawing altogether. I think he may have just been shifting uh, sharing to to share with others than me uh, he was he was also like that. He would you know he would have close friends um, in sort of different compartments almost if it's appropriate to say that. Um, and perhaps he didn't feel that I was the one to share those thoughts with. Um, I mean, I did. I did see with him an ongoing struggle that uh, he, you know, he he had uh, a really deep desire to have a deeper realization. Of Krishna consciousness, which he felt was not being facilitated uh, in in Iskhan. and we all know he at one point he spent a lot of time with um, Bhaktivedanta Narayan Maharaj, and explained to me about that. Also, he said, "You know, I was I spent time with him. I followed him because I need a strong." guide he felt uh, the need for a strong guide and he was comparing because he said he was also a bit dissatisfied with the um academic guidance that he was getting in cambridge because the academic guidance he was getting at southern methodist university was very strong and he really liked he really really liked that And he was not getting that. He was getting encouragement in Cambridge. He was like, and (laughs) I think he was getting similar experience to mine in Oxford, um, where I had a wonderful, um, amazing uh, doctoral supervisor. But he would only encourage me and say, yes, that's very nice. Keep going. (laughs) Keep writing. Uh, He wouldn't like challenge, but what about this? What about this? So uh, that sense was there. But what I saw in that that kind of final conversation we had about his final chapter, he really seemed to be um, genuinely asking how to do this, how how to approach it. Of course, many times he had this way of provoking devotees to say something and keep talking until they would say something that he would say, yes, that's right, that's it. Which is what also Śrīla Prabhupāda would do. S- to try to draw out from somebody else um, what he's looking for, and then, yes, that's it. <laughs> but he never quite got it from me. I was uh, I wasn't up to muster for that. <laughs> Sorry to say...
3: But. Could you say maybe a little how, how his uh, final work uh, was received academically?
1: Um, I wish that I could. Uh, you know, it took a, a full 10 years before it was finally published. Um, why that happens, hard to say. I mean, perhaps Yudhishthira probably knows better than I all the ins and outs of that. Um, but
2: I, mean, I, I can only comment that Garuda Prabhu is—he um, readily admits mm. that he gets stacked up with projects.
1: Yes, yeah, and I, I know him he for also,
2: that. you know, has stated many times to me. But at least I come through in the end.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I, I would really like to hear Maraj if you could. You know, 20 years later, share your perspective on the various branches of Lord Chaitanya's tree and with the maturing of ISCON over these years. Um I mean, I'm not asking you to be, you know, Prabhupada differentiated between philosophical speculation and mental speculation. He encouraged philosophical speculation. So the question would be, um, you know, in the the bigger picture, um, do you think that um, more respect and appreciation and interactions with the various branches of Lord Chaitanya's tree, especially in the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition, you know, our tradition through Bhakti Siddhanta and Bhakti Vinod Thakur would be in, you know, would it be encouraged? Prabhupada protected. Everyone in the early days, because yeah. you know, it seems everyone was so young and immature, relatively. Yeah. Maybe you could comment on that.
1: Uh okay. Um, Touchy subject. It's I know a, that. But. No, it's it's okay. I I wrote a short article on this top exactly this topic really, um, some years back. The the BBT commissioned articles. Uh, which they posted on a website, and it was under a subheading called Tough Ones. And we were each asked to address particular topics uh, that were perhaps controversial uh, with respect to statements Prabhupada has made in his books or like that. So I was asked to write something about Prabhupada and his relation to his godbrothers. And I did this by uh, uh, focusing on two verses and purports uh, in Chaitanya Charitamrita in Adi Lila chapter, I think they're both in chapter 10 or maybe one's in 10, one's in 12, whatever. So in one of those, um, Krishna das Kaviraj is uh, speaking about the branches of the uh, the Chaitanya tree. And Prabhupada, in a very short purport, says Iskhan is one of the branches of the Chaitanya tree. And I sort of expound on that point. And I say that uh, if we're really looking at the analogy, the extended analogy of a tree with branches, with fruit, and so on, then um, there are certain implications of that that we should consider. Now, when Prabhupada wrote that, his emphasis clearly from other purports is to say, we are bona fide; we are also branch. And so we should be recognized as such. Uh, but what I want to do in this article was kind of the inverse and address ISKCON devotees and say, we're a branch of this tree and there are so many other branches. <laughs> you know, uh, and because there's so many other branches, maybe we could appreciate them. And Prabhupada's main Critique of his god brothers at that time uh, was that they were not preaching, but um, very much inspired, one might want to argue entirely inspired by Srila Prabhupada. Um, they're now preaching. Some of them are, you know, preaching. So, shouldn't we uh, acknowledge and shouldn't we encourage and um, can't we? Can't we interact uh, with our greater family? Basically, that's, that's the point that I make. So yeah, I would say, and I would say Goswami Maharaj would agree with that. Uh, this reminds me, incidentally, he and I co-authored an article um, or a paper, which then he presented at the American Academy of Religion, I was not personally present. I was in in India at that time. Uh, But the panel for which we wrote uh, was a panel within the Hinduism section uh, of the American Academy of Religion meeting, conference, um, where the theme was... um, practitioner scholars i forget how it was worded but it was something about this point uh, of being a practitioner and being a scholar how to deal with that so um tamal Krishnamaraj and i sort of co-authored this article and really i did one i would say i did one third of the article and he did the other two thirds uh, but in this article, we suggested some things which especially he uh, was suggesting some things that were a bit radical or maybe very radical for Iskan devotees to take. Sometime later, um, after the departure of Goswami Maharaj, I don't remember how many years, uh, it came to the notice of Uh, some senior devotees, because it had been published. The article was published in this book uh, that was edited by Edwin Bryant um, about the Hare Krishna movement. And it was raising their eyebrows to the extent that they brought it up to the GBC. (laughs) We were in trouble. And I was called on the carpet. I mean, uh, not into a plenary session, but to a committee. And I was thinking at the time, I was thinking, Maharaj, you got me in trouble. Why have you done this to me? (laughs) I just, you know, I was just helping you out in your article. And now... I'm the one who has to defend. What is this? (laughs) That was how I felt. As it turned out, that's a bit longer story, but it all worked out very well in the end. Um, In fact, I didn't have to discuss the article at all. I uh, found a way to work around it all together. Um, I, I wanted to make this point about feeling Goswami Maharaj's presence with another uh, incident. It was mentioned um, by you in the beginning, uh, Nityananda Prabhu, that I taught at Chinese University of Hong Kong. The reason that happened was largely because of Goswami Maharaj. Uh, I had just finished uh, teaching at University of Florida for a year, as arranged by Brahmatirtha Prabhu. I came back to Oxford. I was kind of settling in, and a phone call came from Amogalila Prabhu in Berkeley. How would you like to go and teach for a year in Hong Kong? And I said, what? Hong Kong? Are you kidding? And he said, no, really. And he explained that it was a whole arrangement that suddenly appeared, um, sort of handed on the handed uh, to the devotees an opportunity. And um, it was, he was supposed, Amogalila was supposed to go and teach, but it all happened too quickly for him. Being a Grihasta, he said, I can't just, you know, close shop here with my family and moved. So I need a year to adjust everything. Um, and first I said, you know, Hong Kong, forget it. I mean, why Hong Kong? And then he said, oh, well, it's too bad uh, that you don't want to do this because um, it's inspired by Tamal Krishna Goswami. And when he said that, I said, all right, where do I sign up? (laughs) Because I, I felt like, you know, he was kind of breathing down my neck <laughs> saying you know you got to take this opportunity this is i've arranged this for you come on <laughs> and so uh so i did and then i feel also that it was he who inspired me i actually could have continued i could have done much more in hong kong um But I felt, no, I've sort of done, you know, been there, done that. I've sort of done what I can do in Hong Kong. Now I should see what I can do in mainland China. Uh, And so I I ended my teaching in Hong Kong and started making these sort of freelance uh, visiting visiting in, in mainland China, which started to get some momentum i started making you know quite some promising connections uh so the present situation has been quite a frustration for me because um i don't know if i'll be able to pick up the the ball after um this period of time but again, it was a feeling always I can serve Tamal Krishna Maharaj this way.
0: Maharaj, well, we cannot express our gratitude enough to you for coming on like this and speaking to us and really nourishing us so much. We can continue this if you'd like uh, to stay longer, but if we didn't want to hold you up any more then. We had to, with this program?
1: Well, um, I've pretty much um, sort of dug out all all the uh, specific memories that I have, so maybe it's a good time to end. Okay. Yeah. But I've noted uh, email address of you, Yudhisthir Prabhu, and you, Nityananda Prabhu, and... Uh, I can send you that article.
2: Thank you, Marish. I'd love to hear from you and perhaps beg some time. Say again. So I'd lo- love to hear from you and perhaps beg some time.
1: Some time.
2: Some time to, to speak. Yeah.
1: You mean just you and I speaking? Yes, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, okay.
0: Mind, as I said in the beginning, you know. Please do visit us here in Texas.
1: Ah, yes.
0: Uh, I sent <laughs> it to <in> Houston. <laughs> Boy, would be happy to have you over with us. Uh, host you here, much?
1: Thank, thank. you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'd like to come over. I I was intending intending to come um, to to America just when the um, the pandemic hit and. I got stuck first in India and then here in Poland. So, let's see. Thank you again, Priya, Hare, Hare Krishna. Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, Ki Jai. Jai, Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai. 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 Govaryanande, Hari. Ki Hare, 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 Hare Krishna. Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.
3: Krishna.